Hi guys, welcome to my fourth podcast in this series, which is dedicated to uh, a very simple equation of trust over fear. It's actually quite a difficult equation. Uh, Simple to say, difficult to master. So uh, welcome to those who are regulars with us, uh, who have been following my series. So fabulous that you have. Thank you very much. I'm really grateful for your uh, respect and support. And for those who are new to my podcast, uh, first of all, why are you starting on number four? Everyone's got their eccentricities, but uh, maybe go back to number one, which is only five minutes long, and uh, catch up with us. But great to have you here. Um, I'm sat currently uh, recording this, and it's beaming with sunshine outside, so uh, it's a really lovely, wonderful day. And, uh, you know, you love days like that, right? Because when the sun shines, everything about your day feels a little bit better. I suppose, unless you're stuck working in a basement or something. And if any of you are, uh, then my apologies. And just to let you know, it's quite sunny outside. So let's have a quick chat about trust over fear. It's uh, quite an important uh, mindset to master, both um, for your professional life. So as you are in leadership or moving into leadership or management or, <laughs> or you know, just out of respect, um, and equally in your personal life, because I don't, know if, I don't know if you could ever master trust over fear in one aspect, so work, and then not deliver that personally. Because I actually think it's, it makes up a, it's a personal attribute of you, right? So you can't switch those attributes on. Um, well, I, I don't know if you can, I suppose, if you're a serial killer. But um, hopefully there's not too many serial killers listening to the podcast. If there is, mostly better that you turn yourself in or go and work in a basement. So... Let's have a quick chat about fear before we jump into trust. I just want to give you a sort of uh, my views on it and why I want to talk about it. So this podcast will be an extremely personal podcast for me because uh, only in recent times have I really lived the trust over fear sort of balance, if you like. And and actually, I'm still living it at the moment with the ramifications of what's going on uh, both in my personal life and in my professional life as well. And I think it's that emotive driver that makes me really want to talk about it because um, if you just look at fear on its own, fear is such a horrid bastard of an emotion. It's really restrictive. Like when you're afraid, and I'm not talking about when you're watching a horror movie, um, you know, like The Conjuring, and if you haven't seen it, it is seriously freaky. I think they've made about five of them now so we're up to conjuring five kind of loses its impact uh i'm kind of afraid of any movie that involves a doll you know when there's a doll in the i don't know it's a bit of a side note here but when there's a doll sat in a chair and the chair's rocking fucking hell literally i am freaking out anyway let's get back on topic uh so apart from the conjuring and a rocking doll in a chair fear is actually a really restrictive emotion and try and For yourself, as I'm talking here, try and sort of take yourself back to a moment when fear ruled your decision or fear ruled your thinking or fear really made you make a bad decision. If you think about these moments in your life, professionally or personally, you'll understand how fear 
manipulates your decision-making process, how fear really skews reality. You know, if it, take, take when we're all back at school or college or we're just about to submit our dissertations for our degrees. Uh, and, in, and in this process, you know, we hadn't got something done on time. So we had to go and see our teacher, our lecturer, and tell them, really, that night before laying in bed, that was the biggest thing in the world. I guarantee some of us didn't sleep because of it. I guarantee we've had fear about a presentation. you kind of excited fear, but we still had fear. We've laid there. Have we done enough? Are we good enough? Have we prepped enough? You know, all of those sort of things. So fear is quite a restrictive emotion. And it kind of drives poor decision-making along the process. And some people just aren't brave enough to park that fear and put trust in front of it, which is why I want to talk about it today. So let's think about trust. Trust is a feeling. It's really hard to communicate trust, as it tends to be sort of like a combination of attributes, really. You know, leadership relies on many things, many, many things. Uh, but if you think about attributes such as persuasion, respect and influence, all of those fall back onto trust. Like you're not going to be influenced by someone that you don't trust. You're not going to respect someone that you don't trust. You're not going to allow someone you don't trust to persuade you uh, into doing something. And unless you're 13 in the playground and then you know, chances are we would just be persuaded by anyone. Well, that's my excuse anyway. So just have a, have a think about that kind of moment. The moment where trust actually matters more than respect. Because trust is built on the pillar of respect. Let's have a quick chat about those values and sort of the maintaining and earning trust. But before we do, that's, you know, it's a, this is a life decision for you, right? And it was a life decision for me. You can't be trustworthy in one aspect of your life. So say in work, you can't be a really trustworthy leader. And then in your personal life, you're some sort of dirty scoundrel uh, who isn't trustworthy. A cad, that's a good word, a cad. You can't be a cad in your personal life uh, and an absolutely pillar of the community in uh, your other part of your life. You know, that, that this, is a, this is a real decision about your character. So we have to have a think about this and we have to kind of understand it. So trust is something that rolls through all of these decisions. So strap in, let's have a quick conversation about some of these values. So to become trustworthy or to be trustworthy has a massive benefit on who we surround ourselves by, how we work with people, how we live with people, how we respect people. Because we are humans are naturally hardwired to seek out trustworthy people. Unless, you know, you're one of my very early girlfriends that uh, always wanted the bad boy and I obviously was a little angel. So they obviously weren't hardwired to seek out the trustworthy people. They were hardwired to seek out the dirty, rotten scoundrels. So uh, with the exception of them, organically, we are built to find trustworthy people. 
because it's kind of a defense mechanism for us as a human, isn't it? It's kind of how we're wired. You know, we're not going to wake up and surround ourselves with scoundrels and scumbags. You know, this isn't Victorian England where we're going to go and hold up stagecoaches and stuff. This is about us, one, having betterment in our lives, but two, making sure that we surround ourselves with like-minded people. Another aspect of trust is keeping your promises. You can't be a trustworthy person who doesn't keep their promises. It kind of doesn't work, does it? You can trust me. Promise? Sure. And then you go and break that, rescind that, or change that. And as you can see, you you can't make those promises in your professional life and then break them in your personal life. You can't. One of the hardest promises, actually, to keep is the promise to yourself. So, for example, you know, you could be the person who likes the odd fad diet here and there. So, uh, you know, we all like to try things, right? So it could be that you promise yourself that this week you're not going to eat chocolate. Uh, I don't know why anyone would humanly do that. Um, You know, it it sounds terrifying. As a chocoholic, that's one of those things, uh, which is why I run so much, uh, to stop myself becoming uh, morbidly obese. Uh, So you have to keep a promise to yourself that you're not going to eat chocolate. Now, if you're the type of person that makes that promise in the morning, and by 5.30 that night you've got your face in a bag of buttons... uh, And as a side note, if anyone's seen the new Malteser buttons that are being released, that most probably is going to cause an epidemic of obesity across the whole of the UK uh, because we're all going to want those, right? But if you can't keep that promise to yourself, what chance do you have of keeping promises to other people? And any one of you that works out or runs or trains or does anything like that, you know that the hardest promise to keep is to keep working out. You know you have a tough day, you still got to do it. But then you get the guilt because you haven't done it. So it's a lose-lose situation. So part of trust is keeping that promise to yourself. Making sure that when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Because I think it gives you a feel-good factor when you do. One of my uh, previous podcasts is about personal branding. A really uh, wonderful uh, podcast, actually. Really good feedback from that one. So take a chance to have a listen to it if you're, if you're the guys that have joined on podcast four. Um, but being trustworthy actually protects your personal brand, and we talk about it in that podcast, but you know, we talk about how your personal brand is built on your decisions and how you act and how you behave and who you surround yourself by and your social equity and you know, all of these facets. But if you have all of that, but then you're a scoundrel, not particularly trustworthy. So trust actually protects your personal brand. The other advantage of taking, picking trust is that it eradicates ambiguity. Think about it. Nothing undermines trust faster than ambiguity. Words like, I'll try, is basically plausible deniability, right? You're setting yourself up already to maybe not do that, because you're only going to try. You know, I'm going to try to lose weight. Where are the Malteser buttons? So... Eradicating ambiguity, being the person that commits to it because you believe in it, because you believe in yourself and you make that promise and you deliver on it, is what trust is built on. And these are behaviours that not only as humans we should maintain, but certainly as we move into leadership or as leaders, we should have it. You know, 
Trust is most probably, as a leader, one of your most powerful forms of capital. So why, why would you risk it? Why would you risk it? It's a powerful weapon in engagement, trusting people, letting them get on, letting them move forward, letting them feel free. They make bolder, better, braver decisions because you apply trust to them and they trust you. And nothing, nothing has a better effect on the team than when they're trusted with a trustworthy leader. Think about the option. You start with trust, you build respect on trust. That helps all of your team, be the team, be your family, or the team be people uh, at work and colleagues and reporting lines and all these other you know, facets. Trust and trusting people and being trustworthy sets you free and sets them free. I would much rather come from a place of trust than a place of fear. You know, I think for me, trust is one of the most important things that we can do. You know, I, I, always, I always came from a place where you know, if something went wrong at work or someone did something wrong, understanding the fact that it was never malicious, that person didn't do that just to screw me over or just to screw the business over. I mean, there are people out there like that, assholes, man, but that's not who we're talking about today. The 99.99999% of our team aren't assholes. So because I came from a place of trust, I knew that if something went wrong, they had tried their damnedest to get that right. And I accepted the fact that that was just one of those things that happened. One of the costs of doing business. One of the risks of having people involved. Because, you know, we make mistakes. We are human. And understanding that these mistakes or slip-ups are not malicious, are not against you, are not targeted at you, because you're not coming from a place of fear, so you're not petrified that the world's against you. How powerful that is when you respect the other person and how you handle that person. Because... You know, if you're, if you're a leader who comes from, who rules with fear and someone rocks up and, well, they mostly won't rock up and tell you something went wrong because they're worried they're going to get, and it's a brilliant expression, I heard it again the other day, the hairdryer treatment. Has anyone worked with a leader who gave the hairdryer treatment? I have. Br- brilliant. Hilariously funny. Uh, because, you know, their default action is to blast you in the face as loud as they can. In fact, one of my uh, most recent uh, roles wasn't someone that I worked with, but an owner uh, that we had. Uh, he, was, he was hilarious. I actually saw him blast one of our legal team down the phone and was so angry he couldn't hang up quick enough on the phone. And this was all happening in front of me. And you think, you know, that's, the credibility of people like that is just preposterous. So always think about, if you come from a place of trust, and you understand that things go wrong and it's not going to be malicious, that's a better place to be. You know, it's a decision we have to make every day. It helps when you think about yourself, trusting yourself. You know, trust yourself to make... I mean, don't trust yourself after 20 pints on a Thursday night. You're not going to make good decisions. You're really not going to make good decisions. You know, you're going to make some pretty shady decisions and, uh, you know, at the very best, wake up with an empty pizza box in your bed. So, you know, think about it, but... You know, trust yourself and trust your decisions. Because if you fear and you're worried about that and you're worried about your decisions, your decisions you make are shit. 
because they inhibit what's going on in your world. Fear is always going to be there, professionally and personally. You know, you're always going to have, am I good enough? Am I right? Am I making the right decision? Did I do the right by my family? Did I do the right by work? Am I doing well enough? Am I doing good enough? All of that is there every single day for all of us. And I don't care. I don't care if you've got the best looking body in the world, the worst looking body in the world, you still have insecurities. I don't care if you're the happiest person on the planet or the saddest person on the planet, you still have insecurities. All of us have insecurities. But it's a decision on whether we allow them to rule our day. My big advice to you is it's not as bad as you think. It's not, honestly. We make problems in our head huge. You remember that I talked about the little asshole, which was the voice in our head. He's quite a neggy little person and he's never cheerful. He's never really that happy about life. And, you know, he's the one who, when you make a decision, is going to be going, ah, you always had the right decision. Are you sure you're going to screw this up? And, you know, when you're laying in bed on your own, he's giving you that hyper go-go. So think about it. It's not as bad as you think. Those problems aren't as big as they were. Fear makes them bigger and bigger and bigger. So do me a favour. Next time you're laying there, having a worry, having a fear, and it seems like the biggest thing in the world, stop a second and actually put it in perspective. Think about some things that you are grateful for in your life. Think about people that surround you. Think about the gratitude you have for all the good things that are going on. And let that fear just wash away because it's going to do you no good and every single time you've been scared about something and every single time fear has ruled a decision I guarantee I'm happy to say 99.9% of the time it never was as bad as you thought it was was it be honest you know you're never going to admit it out loud to me well one because I can't hear you but two you're never wanting to admit it but it never was as bad as you thought ever So think about coming from a place of fear, how it inhibits your decision-making, because we think about all the things that go wrong. And think about the power of coming from a place of trust, which frees you and gives you, your team, your family, all of these great opportunities. Remember, fear modifies your behaviour negatively, planting those shitty little seeds of doubt, rather than the positive seeds of trust and belief. I would... I, I kind of choose trust over fear because I choose to be pulled by what may fulfill me rather than held back by my fear. And yes, it is a choice. To choose to follow your truth every single day takes courage. It really does. And it spreads. Our truth, our trust is what differentiates us from, different, from the other human beings on the planet. And when we submit to those, when we actually give in to that trust, it is the most powerful, powerful thing there is. I've already mentioned the importance of trust in leadership. But before we can lead others, you know, we've got to get this right in our own headspace, right? You know, we've got to deal with our depths of our fears and our dreams. We've got to evolve these experiences. And how strange is it? We can't think of a time when, you know, think about when fear let you down. It gave you this big fear and then it didn't actually turn out to be like that. You know, fear's a little horrible little scrote don't like him at all so i mentioned earlier on that fear fear sometimes is a weapon uh, and you you know that right we've all worked for leaders that dominate and drive fear 
you've heard me refer to them as arseholes in previous podcasts, so it help with cross-referencing. These leaders genuinely are the scourge of humanity because all they do is they plant seeds of doubt in you, in us, in their teams. They make you question yourself, not personally, but professionally. And they rely on that emotional bribery to sort of get you to work. It's awful. And I'll do a whole podcast on it because there's ways of dealing with these people. But you have a decision to make as a leader not to be one of those. You know, some common fears that all of us need to overcome as leaders are, you know, the fear of making a shit decision. Accept the fact you're going to make good decisions and bad decisions. You just accept it. It's going to happen, right? Just roll with it. Accept the fact that you're going to be criticised. It is going to happen. Open yourself up to the fact that people who are criticising you are doing it from a good place. Just think like that and it does make it different. Some leaders have fear of public speaking. Uh, you mostly can tell that I don't. I mostly have a fear of public silence. That's weird, isn't it? Um, fear of taking responsibility. And the big one is that fear of not being enough. I've actually, uh, as I said to you before, you know, always, um, always struggled with that as an emotion, you know, as a, as a fear. I've always feared that I'm not good enough. I've always feared that I didn't do well enough. And uh, sometimes that has manifested itself and, and that fear's come true, I think, because I've, I've you know, laboured on it. You know, that fear of, am I good enough? Am I, am, I, am I a good enough person? Am I good enough to be here? Am I good enough to be leading these teams? You know, am, am I good enough? Am I just a good enough human being? And, you know, sometimes you don't feel like you are and that's because fear takes over. And I've learned, uh, particularly recently, that sometimes you've just got to park it and you've just got to get on and understand that you're doing your best, you're being the very best that you can, you're coming with good intentions and put that fear of not being enough right to the back of your mind. And just remember, you've got this. I've got this. You've got this. Uh, we're rational human beings, so we need to think rationally. And sometimes it just takes us you know, a longer time than normal to get over things. And, you know, I'm learning that and you're learning that, which is why I want to share with it today. You know, there are even confident cats out there um, that really, really, really pretend not to have fears, but they do. And they'll have a fear of not being enough. All of us have that fear. Think about fear and how much of a real bitch that is. You know, fear, as I said to you earlier, inhibits decision making really totally and utterly kills confidence doesn't it if you really think about it fear absolutely nukes your confidence out of the water it plants those seeds of doubt and brings out the worst in you and makes you see the worst in everyone it's not actually a rational emotion so there's no need for you to try and rationalize it instead choose trust over fear i trust you sometimes it doesn't work you know I've invested trust into situations before and they've just not worked out it's actually something you don't truly get over but you learn those lessons you know come from a place of trust and I'd rather come from a place of trust and be in that situation than come from a place of fear and get it wrong always my friends choose trust over fear always and in all ways and I genuinely trust you that you will do that so if you ever wanted to be trusted, if you were worried that no one trusts you, then I trust you. 
And it's our job to really grow that emotion. So please, take a moment to think about this. Take a moment to think about what's happening in your world, professionally and personally. And take a moment to choose trust over fear. Until next time.